0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Gay Men Going Deeper. I'm back with Matt, Callan and Reno. I'm Michael. Today we are talking about social media. Uh, The discussion question is our social dilemma, to post or not to post? So let's get things started off with Reno.
1: So I'm super pumped to be diving into this particular topic because as we were discussing before we hit that record button, um, social media be lit right now. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> I, I, I was just saying how <clears throat> funny it is to me that we are like, there's so much we'll say and like the DM in someone's DMS or like in the comment threads and stuff like that, that we like probably wouldn't say to someone's face. And it seems to be this, like, I don't know. um, There's like a cathartic nature and sort of this like purging and this like unconsciousness about how I've seen a lot of people engaging with social media and, um, it's it's very curious to me. It's very intriguing to me. And it's actually inspired me to sort of become more of a spectator than anything these days. Um, I took a little, I would say like a, compared to how much I used to post um, prior to the summer, I took a bit of a hiatus myself because I was feeling a bit overwhelmed with everything that was happening. So I had actually leveraged social media to facilitate um, an open conversation around some of the stuff that was happening, uh, specifically with the Black Lives Matter movement and the George Floyd um, murder. And and so in that sense, like social media was this amazing tool. Um, And then after that, I took a step back and I just decided that there was so much noise happening in the digital space and I needed to step away from it and just kind of regroup and so you know I spent my summer um, traveling the west coast and spending time in nature and just being really present to my experience and to life as opposed to living it online all the time, which is very difficult. I'm not gonna lie, like I'm addicted to this thing. I won't pretend I'm not. We um, all are. Yeah, like my iPhone is like a, like a, an, a limb, essentially. So um, yeah, it's just very interesting to me. And then with Social Dilemma coming out recently, I think it definitely brought some awareness to Our collective relationship to social media, uh, how we use it, how we abuse it, and how um, how you know it's like uh, it it uses us in a way, you know, and and that um, that is concerning to me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah,
0: right. I think all of that under the context of what's going on with our pandemic. Mm -hmm. I think we've all learned how to use social media more and and in a different way because for a lot of us who are in lockdown or where we have quarantine and where we're, at least in Canada, that's sort of where we're headed. Again, uh, we relied very heavily on social media to connect with others. And I think it kind of skewed our use of it so that it became a lot more uh, part of our day than it was even before.
1: Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's cool. Like, see, the thing is, and... I remember watching something, um, it was an interview, and I'm, I can't remember who was having the conversation, but they were essentially talking about the sort of dark picture that um, the social dilemma painted in relation to social media, which I think is very sobering, and it's an important perspective. That said, um, and I'm sure we'll, explore both sides of this conversation Um, social media has also been this really incredible tool um, that has allowed myself and probably many of us you know millions of us billions of us even to to stay connected to one another to stay informed and in the know about what's happening in the world to keep others updated about what's happening within our own lives and you know, it's also become a tool and a very useful tool at that for us to conduct business. You know, I, I've been coaching now for probably about seven, seven years or so. And um, you know, things like uh, Facebook live and tools like zoom and you know, Instagram and, and, and things of that nature have really allowed me to connect to people on a global scale. So, you know, those are some of the perks that I'm noticing um, and I'm sure there's a laundry list of them. And at the same time, you know, it's very easy to sort of use this tool unconsciously and to also vilify it. Right. And I think that what I've, what I've come to reflect on is like, And and realizes it's more about me being aware of how I use these tools as opposed to being used by them, you know, and how I use technology as opposed to being used by it, you know, consciously engaging with it. Um, Yeah, yeah.
2: I was literally just thinking (laughs) the exact same thing that you just said. Of like, all social media is is a tool, and it's not a good or bad thing. It's whoever's using it and engaging with it. Like they can choose to use it for good things or for bad things and they can choose how they want to engage with it. I was saying before we started this video, like I, I had gotten this job where I was flying all over the world. I was living in the Middle East and, like, I was like, this is amazing. I want to show off. So I'm like posting Instagram all over the place. Like, I'm in this country. I'm in this country. And then after about two years of that, I just got so tired of it and like bored. And I was like, I really like it was showing off. It was like, look at me, look at me. I'm amazing. And there's nothing wrong with that but the, what I was going into it with wasn't like a conscious reason to it. And so then when I shifted my like reason as to why I was using it, I was using it to now become like a diary for myself as to like where I had gone and what I had done. And it was less about showing off and more about just like keeping those memories for myself. And I had completely shifted my mentality around using Instagram. And then so for the last three years, I didn't really use Instagram actively. Like there's some people who are on it all the time. And recently I've been like engaging with it more because now I have a real purpose that I'm moving towards and I'm actively consciously engaging with it. But before that, it was kind of like, I didn't really want to engage with it. Like I would still scroll through and I'd still look, but it wasn't like I needed to, like it wasn't an addiction. It was just like, okay, well, this is nice. Whereas some people, like I look at them and they're, on it 24 seven and like they cannot remove themselves from it and it's like hours and hours of scrolling and I'm like okay there's something going on here and it's like how do we bridge that gap between like okay it's fun and enjoyable but like there's purpose to it like you're not just like mindlessly scrolling which is what a lot of these young people are doing because they grew up with it and so that's just what they're doing instead of going outside and playing or like hanging out with people even when they're hanging out they're on their phone and it's like I have a rule when I go out with my friends, if we go for dinner, no phone's allowed unless it's like you're expecting something and it's like not even allowed on the table. Like it has to be in your pocket and you are not like, if it is ringing and you are expecting like an emergency or something like that. Okay. Completely reasonable. But sometimes we'd even play the game that like, if you have to look at your phone, you have to pay the bill for everybody. Mm -hmm. So that it's like, it creates this reason for us to engage because like, back in like our history, like just food is such an engagement tool that it's like people come together and they share in the meal. And a lot of that's gotten lost. And even though like I'm in my thirties, my generation is kind of used to like being able to come together. We have still gotten addicted to our phones. And so now I've implemented in my life, like, no, I'm going to actively engage with this the way I want to. So it's like phones go away. Everybody engages in the conversation. And if you can't engage in the conversation, then Next time, maybe I won't invite you to dinner or whatever, however that looks like.
1: (laughs) Get up, Colin, get up.
2: (laughs) You know, you have to create like healthy rules around uh, your tool. It's like any other tool. Like there has to be healthy rules that you create for yourself. And I see some parents (laughs) who like, create these extreme rules. And I used to be like, oh, that's a bit much. But looking at it, I'm like, no, that's actually really healthy. Like they're creating healthy rules that their kids can follow that they'll take into their adult life so that they don't become dependent on it and that they learn that this is a tool. It's not something I absolutely need. Whereas like you see people who it's like they lose their shit if they can't go on their phone or if something happens and it's like, breathe, take a step back. And even engaging in social media now more actively than I usually have been in the past couple of years I'm even finding like I need to remind myself to take a step back like this whole weekend I didn't open my computer I really tried to take a step away from social media and not be on Twitter Instagram Facebook all of that and like I went for a walk in nature with a friend I hung out with other friends like to take that step back and be like okay because it can build like an anxiety even though there's no anxiety in me just by like seeing everything out there like all these posts about politics and all these things that i don't really care to engage with it's just so much and so overwhelming that you can't help but like get some form of anxiety from it so it's like when i unplug i actually have that like sigh of relief of like okay like i'm ready for another week now
1: there's literally like a whole world in this thing it's like it's it's wild to me i'm not even in the front like the other day i um i went on a psychedelic journey i'm just gonna throw that out there and uh i remember as like i'm putting this phone in my backpack and i'm not looking at it for the day de- like the evening like i'm just done with it because it's it's literally like i have this mental sort of uh visual of sort of picking up the phone and it's almost like you're dipping your head or like immersing your like whole head into this like wild, loud, noisy, you know, sort of chaotic and cluttered world or something like that. Yeah, it's like Vegas or something like that. Like, it's crazy. It's like I dip my head in a casino and it's just so overwhelming. It's crazy. So I'm like, no, I'm just gonna, like, I'm gonna put that away now, you know, but it really is its own Sort of wild world, and and you know, and and there's there's real sort of uh, f- power and 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 freedom, and and being able to sort of put it down and step away from it for a moment. But I'll admit, like. I'm addicted to that dopamine hit every once in a while, you know, like just checking my phone, like, oh, like who messaged, you know? And it's like, it's not even so much that I necessarily care who messaged. I get that it's sort of a, a chemical response to receiving something, you know, unexpected, right? It's like, oh. And they're designed
0: that way. They're designed purposefully so that we get lost in them for a long time. And those notifications are meant as, Exactly what you said, dopamine hits. Mm-hmm. I I mean you guys know this from our group chat, because I've I've told you that at one point, on weekends or when I want to, I will purposely go into my settings and just turn off all notifications because mm-hmm. I know my tendency if I see something, like, oh, oh, something's going on, what is it? Like it just it's an it's an automatic response. And I have mm-hmm. to train myself to not react to it or respond to it, or mm-hmm. respond to it more consciously, saying, Okay. I see, so if I'm at dinner with Callan and I feel the buzzing in my phone, I'm gonna be like, there's a buzzing in my phone. I'm going to focus on Callan and I will deal with it later. (laughs) But it takes, I think it takes a lot for us, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it takes that conscious effort. It takes like, it takes you saying, I am choosing to engage with this human being over engaging with perceived human beings on the other side of this screen. Mm And I think that comes, do you think that comes down to like, oh, it's so weird because it's like, I feel like people can be such different people online. It's like online dating. Like people present themselves as one way because they're like, oh, I'm free to be my actual self behind the screen because you're not here. But then in person, all of a sudden they're like so awkward and you're like, you're not at all the person that I was talking to online. Like, what? Like, what's going on here? Whereas, like, I I feel personally that I do present myself the same way that I am in real life. Like, I am fun and bubbly and outgoing and I am introverted. I like to have my alone time. But when I'm engaging, I'm engaged. And then when I'm in person, it's the same thing. Like, I am going to be there and I'm going to be engaged. But for a lot of people, there's that, like, disconnect in regards to social media and that, you know, the keyboard warriors can be whoever they want to be on the other side of that screen. But if you were sitting with them in real life, oh girl, girl, (laughs) if you were sitting with them in real life, there's no way they would say the half the shit that they are saying to you behind that keyboard. I guarantee Mm. it. It Mm -hmm. blows my mind and it drives me crazy. Okay,
1: so on this note, I wanna know, um, like, can can any of you guys recall a situation where like someone was coming for you on social media and you like had to check yourself and kind of practice that like that that woo woo stuff um to 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 stop yourself from popping off Mhm yeah this weekend. All the time. <laughs> oh, okay. okay, okay. <laughs> this, weekend. <laughs> this weekend
0: I got some, I got some, uh, let's say a nasty message from somebody that follows my coaching account. Mm-hmm. And basically I'm doing a whole month about sex content on my coaching account. And this person who was, who had followed me for a long time, basically wrote me this long message saying that I am selling out and using sex to sell my brand and, um that i should be ashamed of myself and i was like oh my gosh so i'm gonna do a whole post about it later i don't want to give it all away but within that of course i got really you know um agitated about it because you know i'm trying to help people and trying to talk about sex as a way to help them grow and develop but this person saw it as very differently right so that's fine but you know when she said you should be ashamed of yourself that's what got me i'm like actually no That's the whole point. I am not ashamed of myself, which is why I'm able to talk about this and create the space for us to talk about it. Yes, it's on social media, but you know, to your point earlier, think of like I wouldn't be here with you guys right now if it wasn't for Matt and I meeting in a Facebook group. Same thing. So so you know, like you said, it could be a means of connection and we need that a lot in this world. But yes, there are there is that flip side of it where there are keyboard warriors and people who just want to spread their hate and spread their disgust for people but you know i don't know if this person would say this to me in real life i have a feeling that they wouldn't i think that they got triggered by my content uh, the fact that i was shirtless in a lot of my videos and they just thought oh my god look at this guy flaunting his body to make some money and that's that's what they saw and then that's what they typed they I made mean, a choice
1: I would, I I mean, I would flung it too if I looked like that, just saying.
2: (laughs) But it's like everybody, everybody has an opinion. They're like assholes. Everybody has one. Some of them stink, some of them are nice, <laughs> but it doesn't mean you need to hear or see them. You know what I'm like?
1: You know, yes. like.
0: And it says a lot oh about men, right? Like, like, I was reading this and I'm like, look at all your beliefs about sex that like you're just showing me. Like, you believe that it's covered in shame. You believe that people shouldn't, uh, that should wear clothes. You believe professionalism is akin to wearing a suit and tie. Like, I'm reading this with my woo woo coach hat and I'm mm. like, huh. I'm seeing all your beliefs laid out here for me. So that's what allowed me not to react. Plus, I mean, I will respond in my own way later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it does show a lot of what they're going through on the inside. Mm-hmm. And I do find it's easier to find some compassion for these people. Um, yes. Not always. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. I think it does say a lot about what's going on on the inside. And, and sometimes I think it's a means of connection. They, they are trying to connect in their own misguided way um by sort of maybe creating a reaction or saying something that will spark some kind of conversation as a means of having any conversation Mm
3: -hmm. i also think too people um Mm -hmm. like social media is a good opportunity for people to trigger us Mm -hmm. right i'm just thinking Mm -hmm. about the first few months of starting the brotherhood and all the stuff that came at me right and what that what the purpose of that that was for me in my growth and how i use that um the feeling of people being disappointed in me or the people the the people criticizing me was beautiful ammunition for me to do some really cool spiritual work and um, i think we're always offering that to each other um, in the social platforms because like you said people aren't courageous enough to say those sorts of things to our face but sometimes there's truth in things that people are saying and we can choose whether or not we want to turn it into our truth or leave it with being their truth. Right. And I think mm-hmm. that's, it's such a cool way to, to, to create the distinction between the two. Um, but I, I'm kind of going through a bit of a social media fatigue right now. I think I feel a little bit inundated. Um. And I always know when I'm feeling like this because I get irritated. I'll be scrolling through stuff and I'll just be judging. I'll be hurling mm. my shit around on people. And then I'm like, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> I need to tend to something inside myself because obviously there's something that, that people are bringing up in me. So, And that's where the last few weeks has been for me is um, really almost kind of like detoxing a bit because I think it's really important. Like we we have so much information being um at us constantly that we need to be able to, um, distinguish what's ours and what's other people's. And I think social media detoxes are so crucial. And, you know, right now, all I am able to commit to is two times a week, right? Saturdays and Sundays where I'm pretty much shut my social media off. And it's almost kind of like, just keeps me at like equilibrium. It doesn't allow me to fully like, I've done like 30 day um, detoxes before. And they it was so beautiful. Honestly, it's like, I'm no, I'm at most peace with myself when social media isn't a part of my life. Um, but it also is how I have make a livelihood, right? Social media is everything in my business and, and stuff. So I kind of feel like there's a part of me that's like really torn right now. Like I'm feeling very um, introverted. So I'm wanting to retreat and I'm not wanting to engage in social media And I find what I'm doing now is I'm doing the bare minimum to get by on social media. But then I also go through periods where I'm like really yearning for connection. And I don't feel like I'm getting enough connection right now, especially physically and like in-person connection. So I feel like I'm compensating in the social media realm, which again, it creates and contributes more to my burnout. So um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now with social media. I have a love-hate relationship with it for sure.
2: Right. But again, you take it back to that like conscious engagement that you were saying that it's like uh, you have to engage with it so you don't want to. But if you're choosing to like actively engage with it, I know for myself, I'm the same. It's like if I choose to actively engage with like one specific subgroup of people on social media and I'm like, cool, I love this engagement. That's great. But it's when I get lost and I'm like, Oh, there's some notifications. Oh, there's a notification over here too. Oh, there's another one. And then all of a sudden, like I've scrolled through all these things and I'm like, I've literally gotten nothing done. Like I got the one initial thing I wanted to get done, but like everything else. So it's like finding that fine tuned spot where you're like, okay, turn it off, put it away. And I think what like, like what Michael does, what you do is like turn it off on the weekends. I'm gonna like start turning off notifications on the weekends. Cause like I'm good at putting it aside and putting it away but when something pops up I'll still look at it and then it'll trigger something in me and I'm like oh I don't want to respond or if like oh I don't have time to respond or like because I feel guilty if I don't respond to things right away and so I'm like trying to also wean myself off of that like I don't need to always be available to people or like clients and stuff like that it's like I need to put that away and like train people that it's like nope I need my space too because if I can't recharge then like I'm useless to everybody else for the rest of the week you know
1: yeah
0: okay I think what it boils (laughs) down to is all of us taking responsibility for how we engage so like we someone said at the beginning not necessarily blaming social media for being social media it is what it is but how we use it and whether we even choose to engage with it and, and how often and how long, and even who we follow, like how often do you go through and say, you know what, this, this, this content is not giving your rate, curate. curate that shit. Right. I just
1: went on an unsubscribe kick yes. um, in my, in my inbox, actually, specifically, I was like, wait, why am I still receiving all these emails? Like I don't even read these, you know?
0: Yeah. It's totally about taking responsibility. And there's so many ways we can do that. Turning off your notifications, unsubscribing, curating the content, uh, you know, for, for business, for those of us who who use social media for business, uh, something that I've been trying to do, and I haven't managed it quite well, is say, okay, I have an hour to do all of my social media today, and I'm going to do all my posts, all my stories, all whatever you're going to do, do it in that one hour, and then the rest of the day goes towards whatever else you have planned. I, like I haven't been able to do that because I, st- I still, it takes me a long time to create content right now, but... Um, that is one way that we could do it if we can manage to be disciplined to continue that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: that yeah,
0: makes... I think, oh yeah. Oh no, go ahead. Sorry.
2: I was
1: just going to say like pre COVID um, one of the things that I was doing as well, and someone said this to me and, and I, th- or I don't know if they said it or it was in a conversation that it came through me, but it was like, I started to realize the value of me using, social media as a tool to connect with people, but then to move them into a space where we could engage in a more optimal fashion. So whether it's like on a coaching call or a group hangout on Zoom or even offline in person. But for me, it was always a tool to like, like further the converse or the the connection Um, and and I was using it to sort of move people offline, you know? And I kind of look forward to a, a time when that can be done with less risk because I feel like we're all kind of craving um, some deeper connection right now, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The
2: in-person stuff. Ugh, mm-hmm. I miss the in-person stuff.
1: Right? <laughs> oh, to be touched and I hugged know, right. and, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. Heart? Oh, oh, no, I said, what? (laughs) What? I heard hard. Oh, to be hard?
2: Oh, girl. Our sex talk is going to be another one.
1: (laughs) I said touched and hugged. Hugged. Oh. (laughs) Well, I mean that too, but. Oh,
2: goodness gracious. Oh, yeah. I mean, with the social dilemma coming out and all the information that was in it, like, I knew that watching it I knew I was going to find out a lot of good information but I also already knew a lot of the information Mm -hmm. but to see all these people who would like essentially created these programs being like this is awesome and then now seeing where they are being like oh I had no idea where it was gonna go it's like it was the one guy from I think it was uh, I want to say Google who he's like we have a social responsibility to like create laws around this it's like talking about how like when we were kids there were certain laws around you couldn't advertise certain things during like cartoon hour like during the kids cartoons hour like you can't advertise certain things but now it's a free-for-all on Facebook like it doesn't matter it's a free-for-all on Twitter it's a free-for-all on YouTube like so kids are being introduced to all these other things and all these other concepts and being desensitized a lot younger and there's like a plus and a minus on both sides of that coin but like When it comes to like those dopamine hits and all that kind of stuff, it's like we're, it's like crack. We're addicting them as young as we can to like this crack device that it's like they won't be able to function without it. And it's like, how do we find that space Mm -hmm. where we learn how to engage with it on a healthy level and then also can teach other people how to engage with it on a healthy level? Because I think that that's one of the options that we're going to have to come to of like, okay, we need to. We need it because it's a tool. It's an amazing tool. Like we said, like it brought us together. It can do a lot of good, but we're going at it with a really conscious effort. How do we move people who maybe aren't going at it at a conscious effort and like educate and like create that space? And I think it does come down to the companies that they have to take initiative, but initiative is going to go against making money. And that's the hard part. And I think that legislation's gonna have to come in for them to be like, no, you have to do this. Like you're legally obligated to protect people. And until that happens, it's been a loose and wild game in social media since this came out. And it's getting to that place where it's time to like start the shifting around it.
1: I think too, it's like a holistic, it's like a holistic, um, the solution is holistic in nature, like at least that's my perception. So, you know, part of it is, I think, um, creating certain restrictions and regulations. And then I think another aspect of it is like, <clears throat> you know, where, where does the responsibility, I suppose, of like, n- not just the person, um, because if we're talking about youth more specifically, Um, this is where like say parents come in or teachers and things like that right but it's um, you know I think that's another aspect of it we're what what I find really interesting and I'm going to try not to go off on a tangent here because this could go in a completely different direction but when I look at the youth and sort of the 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 spaces that they spend time in frequently, I, I don't necessarily know that um, discernment is is taught and is 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 sort of valued, right? Even in say a a classroom setting, what's often happening is youth are receiving information just as they would on their phone, right? But obviously, it's a different kind of information. They're being sort of educated in a way, but it's still information. Um, but in those spaces, how much is self-awareness? How much is emotional intelligence? How much is discernment and sort of a uh, critical thought of a, of a social, emotional, psychological nature encouraged, right? A- a- and, and what we're seeing, I think, is that it's like, it's more important than ever that that start happening sooner than later, you know, because now um, kids have access to, uh, youth have access to, uh, actually, let me, let me just leave it at that. Like, youth have access, period, more access, period, than they used to, um, you know, and 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 social media and and their phones and technology is one of those things, right? So, it with with sort of um great freedom comes great responsibility, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to take what
3: what Callan said and what you just said, and I want to really specify the context because I think there's so many valid points that you guys just made. And I think to, to apply it to the gay community and like what we're constantly being marketed Mm -hmm. as, and I actually want to share this. I'm not sure if it's going to show up, but yesterday I went through my Instagram, I opened my Instagram and it always opens up to the page of like, um, like the scroll, like the search thing, like what you're being fed. Okay, so I don't know if you guys can see this. Oh yeah, it's just uh, like yeah, abless right. guys, shirtless the abless guys. guys. So and uh, but I want to tell a story. Okay, so there's four of these. Okay, and it's all men. It's yep. all men with perfect bodies that are probably on steroids. So, but I want to tell a story about this because I think it'll it'll paint a picture. So. In the last five years, I went from being like excessively obsessed with fitness and health and my body image and getting external validation from primarily social media. And in the last two years specifically, I basically did what I call turning off the taps of external validation where I would, I, I basically unfollowed all channels that had this, this stuff that I was being inundated with that was keeping me stuck in this perfectionism mentality around my body. And I started to change my relationship to my body and myself and the gay community and all these things. And so on this specific um, social media platform on Instagram, I don't follow any of those things. And if people, if people come up in my feed that they're just all about their body and, and and posting selfies and stuff, I'll just um, I'll unfollow them still to this day. That is what, my thing looks like because i'm a gay man and i fit this demographic mm-hmm. and this is what they are feeding mm-hmm. me right mm-hmm. so it's like it comes down to the point where it's like we no longer have discernment in what is coming at us because i've made a conscious choice to not have this stuff come at me and it still is coming at me mm-hmm. right so and 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 how does this impact me well it it it, it makes me in moments, depending on where I'm at with my relationship with myself and my confidence, it can make me feel like shit or it can make me feel empowered. All right. It just depends on how I want to relate to the content. So I just I think it's it's aggravating is where I'm at right now. Is Mm -hmm. I I just feel like I've got four pages of these things and it's like, how do I get away from it? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, I don't know. What are, you, what, are you, what are your guys' thoughts about this? Well, my page doesn't open to that. My
2: page opens to, like, the who I follow specifically. So, mm-hmm. like, I rarely go to the Explore page because I know I'm going to be inundated with all of those, like, photos of shirtless guys, which, I mean, can be nice. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. And, like, if you have a great body and you want to show it off and you've worked hard for it, good for you. Go to town. I don't want to engage with that. And I've actively curated my Instagram feed so that it's like these positive um, affirmations and positive people or like gurus and coaches that I love and love to follow I follow them and then I also have like I've gone in and started following like these um, Instagram pages of like happy gay couples like happy gay couples who like have kids or in relationships so that I can start reinforcing that energy inside of myself so that it's not just like the single guy who's really hot. It's like actual couples and like real people who have families who like mm-hmm. have the things that I kind of want to aspire to have in my life so that I'm like subconsciously pulling that towards me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I put a focus on when I'm engaging on Instagram for my own leisure time, which mm-hmm. I don't put a lot into it. I try not to. But when I am, that, those are the things that I'm actively following. And I avoid that explore page
3: like the plague. You know, what's interesting, though, is that now what's happening is I don't know if this happens to your guys' page, but all of a sudden someone will be in my friends list, my followers list that I didn't follow. So bots are putting people into our pages and I see these people in and I didn't follow them. And so I go and I unfollow them. So every day, I'm not kidding you, I have at least five people that have been implanted into my followers list that aren't what aren't things that I followed.
1: It's wild, wild. Wow. you guys I, haven't
2: had that experience Mm-mm. i have ads where it's just like ads yeah. that i'm like i don't want to see this but i mean there's no way to avoid that which is another piss off it's like can't i just like pay a certain amount and just like have my instagram be my instagram yeah exactly. but are they, it's like they mm-hmm. said on the social dilemma like if if you're not paying for the product you are the product So how do you then engage with it? And I want to loop this into like our whole question of like to post or not to post. Where do you draw that line of like, am I posting this for social validation and like engaging with this in a toxic way? Or am I posting this because like it has value and I see that value and it's providing it to other people. And like, it's a reciprocal, like both parties are getting something from it. Mm -hmm. Um, If we want to drive the conversation in that direction, or even if you're in a group, And you have a post and you're writing up a post and you're just going off. Are you a keyboard warrior and you're just going crazy because like, you're like, I'm on the other side of my keyboard and I can say whatever I want. Or are you actually thinking about what you're putting out there into the universe and what you're putting out there online and how it's really going to affect people?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've had to, You know, I'll admit, like, and I think this is important, like, again, that self-awareness component, because I have definitely had moments where it's like, oh, I'm feeling bored or disconnected. Um, I'm just going to, like, go on my phone and, I don't know, scroll or, you know, sometimes it's message someone as well, right? Um, I've had moments where I'm either feeling myself Or I want external validation and I'm feeling myself. Um, And I might might decide to pick up my phone and, I don't know, take a video or a photo or something like that, right? And other times I'm just like, "Mm, maybe I don't need to do that. But I think, um, you know, I think that just, again, like, I, I like to use the term like dropping in you know but I'm often just there are moments throughout the day where I take a I take a moment to just kind of breathe and connect to my experience because it's so easy to be pulled in sort of every direction um, especially as it pertains to social media and to become distracted and to sort of lose uh, awareness of o- what I'm doing and, and why I'm doing it and And so for sure, I can't tell you how many times I've had to stop and just like take a breath and check in with myself and be like, do I really, like, why am I posting this, you know? Or like, do I really need to post this? Or is this really what I want to say? Or is this really how I want to articulate myself? And I've literally just like written like full messages and then stopped, looked at it, highlighted it all and deleted it and not sent it, you know, it's like, cool. That was enough just to write it all down and then like delete it. It's like, cool. I'm chill, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I might send something like, thank you (laughs) instead. Oh man. The amount of times that I've written like
2: a whole response and then I just do the exact (laughs) same thing. I highlight it and then I delete it and I cool. Thank you. Noted. Like, cool. Thanks for your feedback that I didn't ask for. Yeah. Cool, because that's what they want. They, mm-hmm. When people are doing this unconsciously, they're actively engaging. They're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I know that this is going to get a response. And then if all they get back from me is, cool, thank you, noted, They can't continue on that conversation. They can't then grab the energy away from me because they're like, oh, they're engaging. They're getting riled up. They're getting like, that's what they're feeding off of. And that's Mm -hmm. reinforcing that negative feedback loop that they're looking for. They're like, this is how I get attention. The Mm -hmm. only way to stop that is to stop it in its tracks and go, this Mm -hmm. is not a healthy way to get that connection. Mm -hmm. I will only engage with you if you're over here in this other place where you're having a healthy healthy debates are great. I love them, but it has to be both sided. It can't just be like, this is my opinion and I'm going to stick to it. And like, I'm not willing to listen to anything else. I'm a firm believer that like, say there's like me and a homophobe and we're in a room and like, there's a table. I'm willing to sit at that table and listen to what they have to say, as long as it's like rational and they're not shouting at me and screaming at me. And like, pointing at me and making me out to be anything is they're willing to have a discussion I'm willing to sit at the table and have that discussion because I think it's important in order for us to build bridges like that's how bridges are built and that's how those social constructs are broken down by people being willing to say I'm willing to sit here in my humility and and just listen as long as the other party's also willing to listen. Maybe sometimes they're not willing to listen, but I have to do my part and go, okay, I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna listen, I'm gonna engage. Do I agree with everything? Absolutely not, but I'm at the table. And I feel that so many people on social media don't have that approach to it. It's like, I'm only gonna state my opinion and then I'm gonna run away. And that's all that matters. And we create these little worlds where we're always right. And people aren't really teaching how to, you know, take everything with a grain of salt and how to take a step back and how to actually engage in a two-sided conversation. I think that that's one of the biggest things that we're kind of missing in culture right now is to be able to like, you know, take that chill pill and like (laughs) that ego, bring it down where you're not always right. And you're willing to listen with open ears and then make a decision after you've had that conversation.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's funny like i I, you said this has been one of my favorite words recently but humility right you you use the word humility and one of the things i noticed on social media and i actually want to speak particularly to sort of the the um you know the gay- the gay space specifically, but there's this you know there's this celebration of pride right we're always talking about pride and 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 sort of this this you know celebrating our pride and being prideful and and to some degree, I think that there's value in that, but also um what i've come to realize is there's great value in humility, and when we're engaging with these tools and we're engaging with one another on social media and in groups and stuff like that. I think I think our engagement certainly needs to be met with some degree of humility, you know, allowing ourselves to kind of pause and and settle and sort of reflect on, you know, what's coming up within us and and where where we might need to sort of take a look at ourselves and and recognize where we might be out of alignment, um where we might be reactive as opposed to responsive, where we might be um wronging or othering someone um when in fact there's there's maybe something um that we need to reflect on about ourselves and our own experience you know and and i think in order to embody that sort of awareness we do need to kind of humble ourselves you know and 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 approach this this sort of um engagement with with social media from from a place of humility and I know that that's difficult you know I know that that's difficult especially because as gay men we're so used to um, and I don't want to speak for all of us but you know my experience and my observation has been that we're so used to having our guard up and having to be on defense and having to be witty and quick and sharp and guarded and defensive because you know we've people come for us you know they've they've come for us in the past that's sort of been the nature of our experience and we've had to sort of build up this wall and this sharpness and this this sort of callous nature and um and so now in in this you know in this space that we're creating you know we've leveraged technology in this amazing way to facilitate community and elevate these conversations and invite people to Upgrade the way that they connect and engage and relate to one another, you know. And that 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 process begins. That awareness begins. That growth begins with humility. So, Kellen, I love that you use that word because I think it's it's such um, an important part of this this process of of um, yeah, just it, it, it evolving to become more conscious more, more socially conscious, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I love
3: it. I could talk I about this. You... Go ahead, Matt. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I love how you use the word pride because it's interesting. I'm doing a lot of research in this area right now and just how it, um, well, mainly applying it to me, but I'm understanding the psychology of pride and what it actually is. And I think we're, we're a bit disillusioned in our society that we think pride is a good thing. But te- pride is actually a mechanism employed by our ego mm. that tells us that there's something to defend ourselves against, right? Because we have to have pride. We have to have inferiority in us for ha- us to have pride of that thing that we're learning to have pride over. Whereas the, what I think most people are working their way towards, but they're misusing it as pride is acceptance, Mm -hmm. right? Like having acceptance for the fact that I'm a gay man, but up for so many years, I used pride to project to people that I have this assertiveness within me to, to defend who I am. But really it was just um, inferiority being masked as superiority, right? Mm -hmm. So it's really, it's really fascinating. And I think, how we do this on social media is we, we have such little tolerance for other people having beliefs that are are opposed to ours. Right. And we, we make, we misconstrue our truth for absolute truth. Right. And it's so important for us to constantly be checking ourselves. Like what is it about this person's belief that's making me feel inferior to it? Is it because I don't have security in my own belief? or my own sense of self that I feel a need to make them out to be the enemy. So I can use pride as a way to disillusion myself from my own truth. Right. It's just so, it's so fascinating. Like, and right now I'm being asked to let go of this whole concept of pride and it's so painful. You guys, like Mm -hmm. it's so painful letting go of this because my ego is holding on for dear life and it does not want to let go because it's the final straw. Mm -hmm. Pride is the final straw. And when you let go of pride, your ego just has no soapbox to stand on anymore. And it just, its voice gets like, like, yeah, just not as loud, I guess. So anyways, I'm in this, I'm in the middle of this transformation right now and I can tell you that it's um, it's not easy, but with, The more and more that my ego silences and and I don't use pride as a way to kind of boost my ego, the more I just root myself back into gratitude and love. And these are things that I want to spend more of my time in. Mm -hmm. And I find I have to be really careful on social media because people want to lead with their pain bodies. They want to reinforce their beliefs by making yours seem less valid to them. And it will constantly come at you. And and when, when we're rooted in pride, we're going to get tons of opportunities from the universe to work through our pride. So people are going to constantly be challenging us and telling us that, you know, our beliefs aren't valid or being gay is gross or whatever. We're going to get tons of this stuff to practice being okay with our truth. And, um, so, yeah. So it's, again, it's the double-edged sword, right? Mm. We need it to evolve spiritually, but it's also so painful to have to sit with, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you for sharing that. That was so good. Yeah. I feel that.
3: Right.
2: Yeah. And it, I, I, I get that because human beings will run away faster from something we don't like, than we'll run towards things that we do like. And so for in order for us to like evolve and grow and change and like, you know, becoming better, bigger evolved versions of ourselves, we have to have those negative experiences or those experiences that push on us so that we propel ourselves forward. Otherwise, you know, we kind of just be more content with just being like, okay, well, I want to do this thing. But how many times do you say you want to do something and then you don't do it? But then something happens and now it's like, oh no, I have to do it because like this is happening and like it has a now a reason for you to go and do it, right? Like people are always like, I want to get in shape, and then it's not until like a medical emergency happens or they're told like you're gonna die if you don't do X Y Z, and they're like, oh, I have to do this now. It's so wild that we need that like poking and prodding in order to like move and like go do the thing.
1: Mm -hmm. you know it's (laughs) that i'm just so moved by this whole like pride thing um and i'm i'm thinking about the nature of and the culture of like social social media and it's such a prideful space you know like we are literally constantly sort of
2: look at me look at me look at me look at me yeah
1: right exactly and it's like and it's all the like it's all like curated like everything's curated it's all sort of meticulous and like well thought out and and it's it's you know it's like highlight reels and all of that and I fully understand that that's sort of the nature of that culture but it is really valuable to sort of step back and and into reality and sort of take all of that off for a moment and check in but the other thing I wanted to say is like you know, I, I was I was messaging with a friend um today and we were having this really uh sort of um emotionally charged conversation and we were both very really grounded as we were back and forth, but I noticed myself texting him and I and I was writing, Do you understand? dot 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 I forget what I was gonna say, but I was like, Do you do you understand? I think it was something like, um, you know, how hurtful it is, da 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 or whatever, something like that. And then I stopped myself and I was like, cause as I was writing it, I heard this voice say, Do you understand? Right? And I and I stopped myself and I was like, delete. And I kind of sat with it for a moment. Because what I'm starting to recognize, and this is why I love that you brought up pride, is that um and and social media, again, becomes this, like, space that that really does, like, bring up all these, like, triggers, right? It, like, anything we would have dealt with socially in the sort of real world offline is, like, amplified online, right? So, I, I you know, I, I stopped and I was like, wait, do, you know, do you understand? And I kind of sat with it. And, yeah, what I'm starting to realize is... <sighs> I'm not even sure how to explain this, but it's like
2: taking a moment for compassion.
1: Yeah. And this whole space has been a teacher for that. Like Matt said, and I think like, we're, we're, you know, like we're all realizing it's like, and, and when I think that I'm talking to someone else, it's like, and this is kind of out there, but I'm, I'm really starting to see like, and I, I saw it before, but it's sort of, we're, we're all connected. When I'm talking to someone else, I'm probably talking to myself in some capacity. You know what I mean? And so I'm I'm learning even more now to just like pause and reflect on what 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 is, you know, how much of this is my own experience and something that I need to reflect on and maybe something I don't need to say or react to, but to sort of pause and reflect on and be with, you know. Generally speaking, if I'm feeling charged it's probably a good sign that I should stop whatever I'm doing and sit with that energy because I'm sure we've all had moments where we say or do something we wish we didn't and probably can't take back after the fact in those moments when we're feeling fired up. That is not a good time. That is not a good time to, 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 to send a, a message or post something or what have you, you know, if you are in your heart, if you are in your body, if you are feeling grounded, that's a whole other story, you know, if you're feeling connected, but I think otherwise like stop, take a deep breath, walk away, come back, try again, you know? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah, I think that's the important message of like today's like, whole episode is like Mm -hmm. if you're feeling charged take a step back and don't respond right away Mm -hmm. like learn that learn that um what's the word like not dedication but like that practice Mm -hmm. of like if something is charging you up and getting you going take that step back and put it down and leave it for right now because i know every time i do that because like it happens all the time it happens to everybody If I can just put it down and walk away if I come back at it a couple hours later or the next day I read it and I'm like this wasn't as much as I was making it up to be in the moment and so now like I have those like new fresh eyes I'm like okay I'm gonna respond way differently because I'm now grounded in compassion and like I'm now here for the other person and being like okay what are they getting out of this what am I getting out of this I took the time to get what I needed out of it how can I respond in kindness and compassion and caringness because I don't know this person's story. I don't know everything about them. I don't know what energy they're in. So, and then that way it just totally diffuses the situation. And if you can't just take that second and go, okay, thank you. Yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) And like be pissed. Like I, and I, I just want to say like, this isn't, I'm not encouraging any sort of bypass or anything like that. Cause I know like that assumption could be made if someone's listening. Right. But it's like, I'm not saying, like, don't, you know, I'm not saying pretend that you aren't feeling some kind of way. And, you know, like, but, but, but step back and go, like, blow that off somewhere, you know, because, because it does, it, it, it is important that we, that we release whatever sort of energy we're feeling. I think that's, that's an important part of the work. And, and then it allows us to become more naturally responsive as opposed to reactive, right? But um, but yeah, like step away, go blow off some steam for sure. Like do that, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. And ask why, why? So before you're going to respond or before you're going to post anything, either as a response or just t- to create a, a post, ask why, what is mm. the intention here? So yeah. I'm all about a hot body shot. <sighs> I'm all about a good gym pic. I'm all about posting your travels and the beautiful dinner you made. Absolutely. But I would say this do it from a place of even if this gets no likes, I'm still going to love it. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like if, I, if I'm wearing an outfit and no one likes it, I'm like, why the fuck would you be wearing that? And it gets like two likes from, you know, my mom and, you know, Callan. <laughs> <laughs> then, like, I'll be like, okay, well, whatever. But you have to be your own first like, really. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that like I go in there and actually like it. But if you're really proud of what you've created and then you're sharing it with the world, that's one thing versus saying, I'm really insecure about this. So I'm going to put it out to the world and hope that that validates me. Mm. I think that's a big, that's a big difference. So self-awareness, I think is a big one we talked about um, allowing and owning those emotions, because I think a lot of people get fired up in the emotion of reading a response and then they just blah, 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 Mm. put it out there. There's that gap between the response, the stimulus and the response doesn't exist mm-hmm. in those moments. Mm-hmm. So it's about learning how to tend to that gap between the stimulus and the response. Mm-hmm. And then going from there, or if you are actually posting, cause you want to be a little shit and you want to engage in like some kind of Twitter war, know what you're doing, but then don't complain about it afterwards.
1: Yeah, own it. Right?
0: yeah. Like, own it, like be like, I'm gonna, I want to start a fight. So just yeah. do it. Yeah. If you're going to be
2: a shithead, be the shithead,
0: right. but be own the shithead.
2: being the shithead.
0: But then don't be like, oh my God, I'm getting all this hate on Twitter. It's like, well, yeah, I'm all uh, about owning your shit.
2: that's fantastic all right i think that's the perfect place to end it on today's episode so thank you once again for listening to us and watching us and the gay men going deeper you can check us out more on youtube if you haven't already go to our youtube channel i'm sure we'll have the link somewhere and hit that subscribe button and that little bell it lets you know when we're going to be posting these we post them every two weeks and then every alternating week we also have a open zoom conversation we invite everybody in in the gay men's brotherhood to come and chat about what we just discussed. So if you want to get involved in that, you can. You can join the Gay Men's Brotherhood group, private Facebook group. We're going to have the link to it um, all over the place. It'll be below this video. And then also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and all that good stuff. We do engage with it consciously. So everything we're putting out is supposed to help you move forward and all that good stuff. So thank you very much for watching. I hope you have a fabulous, fantastic day. And uh, bye, everybody.